there's no greater joy in life than becoming a mom or dad. And just when I got the hang of it, my own mom and dad started needing help too. If you're raising kids and helping aging parents, welcome aboard. You're one of us in the sandwich generation. This is the Sandwich Generation with Chris Godfrey. Chris was an offensive lineman with the Super Bowl 21 champion New York Giants. Today, he is an estate planning and elder law attorney in South Bend, helping families make the most of their home field advantage. Hello, I'm Chris Godfrey and welcome to the Sandwich Generation. We all like to get paid for what we would rather be doing, like a student who dreams about being a professional basketball player or a gardener whose day job keeps them in the office all day. But being a caregiver for a loved one can be a lot like that. How do you pay your own bills and help others at the same time? And our guest today is a part of a new program that makes such desires a reality. Our guest today is Jessica Bamber, and she's an account manager for Caregiver Homes from SeniorLink, which provides services, support, and technology that engages family caregivers. Welcome to our show, Jessica. Thanks for having me. Now, it's been my experience in a family that we usually wait too long before asking for help and caring for a loved one. You know, we slowly get boiled like that proverbial frog who doesn't think to jump out before it's too late. Has that been your experience that people wait too long before looking for help? Yeah, they wait too long or they don't know about us. So out in the community, when I'm talking with folks, I've, I had a nickel for every time I heard, wow, I wish I would have known about your program five years ago when I took care of my mom, but now she's gone. Or family members that are the only ones who take it on. So there's always one sibling that steps up to the plate, mm -hmm. right? And then the other siblings are like, oh, well, Sally has it handled. <laughs> and Sally's getting worn down and tired. Yeah. And yeah. Sally doesn't ask for help either from the family because she doesn't want to burden them either. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then mom probably is declining a little bit quicker than she would otherwise do because Sally's burning out. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So what are some of the clues that someone who's listening to us might be thinking of wondering if they're that frog that maybe they've gotten used to and are looking past and are just soldiering on because they love mom or dad? Sure. Caregiver burnout is huge in, in our society. So sleepless nights, worrying about how worrying about their loved one, worrying how they're going to pay bills, worrying about food, mm -hmm. worrying about their own medications, irritability, irritability with that person that they're caring for. Uh, Just, you know, as you age, you slow down and family members think that they can continue to act the way they used to 10 years ago. And, you know, hurry up, mom, we've got to go. We've got to go to the grocery store. We've got to go to the doctor, you yeah. know, get your shoes on. Just sort of like a child in a way. But that irritability comes out and that's definitely caregiver burnout. Yeah, and, and it's and I've heard that the generations sort of speak a different language. Mom or dad aren't on this task-driven schedule that their caregivers are on. Caregivers, you know, we in the sandwich generation, you mm -hmm. know, we're busy. We're, we're helping our own families, you know, our children. Now it's mom or dad is now on our schedule. A couple more boxes to check, and we're trying to get those boxes checked. And we've made appointments and things like that for them. And they don't seem to be in the kind of hurry that we are. And since you're talking different languages, you can get cross with one another. Sure. So what are what are some of the reasons that people don't act more quickly than they do as far as seeking help? I think, A, they don't know that the resources are out there. They don't know where to turn. A lot of times agencies are out there to help them, but there's so much out there to help people and they just 
they don't know where to turn until they tap into a good resource mm-hmm. like your local AAA. So real services here, they're a great resource. And then us in the community who are providers, if we're not the provider of choice or we're not the service that suits them, I think a lot of us out there will try and find the service to suit them. Oh, great, great. And you mentioned AAA. What, what is that? So that's your local area agency on aging. There are 16 of them. Oh, boy. Out in the county or out in the state. Uh-huh. Every state has them, but we have quite a few. So the local AAA here is Real Services. I gotcha. And so they're empowered by the state. Maybe they administer the federal program statewide. And so they have a pretty responsible job in helping people in this area, right? It's kind of the the go-to place. They do, yeah. They know all the resources in the area. They have case managers that can help you find those resources. There's energy assistance. There's, you know, food. Meals on Wheels is housed out of real services. So it's a great resource for the senior community. Oh, great. Home caregiving is a huge phenomenon. I was reading some of the statistics that you sent over, and I've seen them other places. The, the amount of unpaid care given at home is valued at $520 billion nationally. And in Indiana, it's what, $9.5 billion. And, and it represents an average of about 20.4 hours of unpaid caregiving service per week. That's huge. But this speaks more to quantity of care rather than quality. And one of the things that really jumps out at me about your program, aside from you get paid for doing it, but we'll talk about that in just a minute is that you, as a caregiver, get professional backup. You get professional coaching, and your new program is called Structured Family Care. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? So Structured Family Caregiving, I say, is a line item under the Aged and Disabled Waiver through Medicaid. And we provide case management to caregivers in the home for those that said, often we hear, I said I'd never put mom in a nursing home, so now I'm going to bring her home and I'm going to take care of her. And I'm going to struggle a little bit. Maybe I have to quit my job. Maybe I don't. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to struggle to pay the light bill or my own medication. Or, you know, there's a statistic that says that the average caregiver spends $7,000 a year on their loved one of their own money. And I picture that as, you know, overhead, you know, lights, rent, whatever. But I'm at the store. I'm going to buy her the cookies she likes. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to buy her the sweater she likes. Or I'm going to pay her donut hole of medications. So our program offers support coaching, teaching, that, that, that caregiver that's stressed out. And then the icing on the cake is we pay them a stipend to do that. Mm, very nice. So what, what does the interaction look like between um, your caregiver homes and caregivers who are at home within your structured family care program? What, what's that interaction look like? So they have a dedicated care team of a case manager and a registered nurse that are there to guide them through the disease process of their loved one or, you know, Alzheimer's. Anything they need suggestion-wise, like should I take her to the ER or the urgent care or she's exhibiting these sundowning behaviors and I don't know what to do. So that care team is there to really uplift that caregiver and support them in the home while they're caring for their loved one. They check in with us on an internet platform called Vela. So it's very easy, radio buttons I did this for mom for the day, or I have questions of the nurse from my care team, and they can answer questions real time. They can send them information, push documents to them. You know, it's a really a two-way street, and it's a way for us to have eyes and ears in the home every day. Oh, neat. A little bit like telehealth, I would imagine. Yeah. And, That's uh, a good analogy. And it probably, as you said, that one of the main symptoms that maybe it's time to ask for help is you're not sleeping so well. And you're not sleeping because you have all these questions. Should I do this? Should I do that? Who should I call? Wow. 
those caregivers really become part or our care teams really become part of that family too. I mean, they end up sending us birthday pictures and mom had visitors today and she was so excited and it really energized her. You know, they, they really share stories with us in the end. It's not just a professional relationship. They, our care teams become part of their family. That's neat. And it's a very human profession, caregiving, and certainly the help that you get is the same. And so you hear people like, oh, I don't like that person, don't send it back. But more often, and that's why most people don't seek outside help, they don't want to invite strangers into their world, their home, and that's all understandable. But there's a huge upside, as we've been talking about, you're getting help, mom or dad's not declining as quickly, but good relationships can develop as well. Mm-hmm. And I know we did that. I uh, had a neat relationship with the bath aide that came in that took care of our, my sister-in-law. By the time when, when she moved away after a month or so, you know, they're exchanging gifts. And <laughs> yeah. it was really kind of neat, a, ver- a very human thing. So what are, what are some of the common categories of needs that the people people have that come to you? Is it, it, you mentioned one class already, Alzheimer's, perhaps mm-hmm. dementia which would I think would be probably one of the most difficult categories. What are some of the others? So it's any of the activities of daily living that people are failing in or sliding back in. So they need assistance with bathing, if they need assistance getting dressed, meal preparation, medication reminders, transfers from the bed to the wheelchair to the chair, taking them to doctor's appointments, you know, anything that when someone starts to fail at home that they need assistance with. So you you would group people by their needs, not so much their medical diagnoses. Correct. It's just what they need at home and what the caregivers at home have been providing on their own, probably coming up with all kinds of crazy sorts of contraptions or way around problems. You have you have a, a couple stories of humorous ways that loved ones with a really good heart, but maybe haven't been trained or know the best way of doing something. Any stories? I mean, I can share my own. When we had her sister-in-law over and they, they brought the Hoyer lift over, my wife was really on it. She wanted to get a little practice before her sister showed up. And so guess who was the guinea pig? I yes. ended up all over social media in this Hoyer. In the Hoyer. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would imagine you have a few stories like that. Yes, like rigging of uh, the the triangle over the hospital bed, you okay, know, yeah. like with chains and broomsticks, that sort <laughs> yeah, of thing. Yeah. You know, they just try and manage when our team will recommend the appropriate proper equipment from, you know, any medical equipment company mm-hmm. oh that's a great idea <laughs> we've been doing it for years yeah they were just managing yeah. we also um you know do a scan of the house too if like there are broken windows we've seen cardboard and duct tape and w- then we will recommend or try and get someone in there to fix that for them mm-hmm. to make the house warmer or yeah. safer yeah yeah and so you have these coaches that are always there at the end of the day you you're checking in with them and you mentioned the use of technology. Tell us a little bit more about how that works, because I think a lot of people, especially as you get older, are a little intimidated or maybe you're a little younger, but still you're busy and you have to sit down and learn one more new thing. Right. And, and since it it's involves, you know, your loved one's health, you want to get it right. So you feel that pressure. So explain a little bit about how the technology has worked into this. So our technology is called Vela, and it's an app on their phone. It's very easy to use. We show them, teach them, walk them through the entire process right at the beginning. And it really only takes 10 minutes. It's radio buttons that they push about, I don't know, what she had for lunch or how much she ate or, you know, if she had issues, um, maybe she has a urinary tract infection. They can ask the nurse those questions. It's a texting app. It's a way to communicate. It's a way for us to be in the home and it's a way for them to check in with us every day. Mm Mm-hmm. 
do people have privacy concerns with that? Just like you're you're kind of loathe to invite people into your house, but you're you're doing that through the technology. Are there certain privacy uh, protections or things in place to 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 meet that concern? Yeah, it's all HIPAA secure, just like okay. any other you know medical portal that we tap into these days. <laughs> Which is pretty secure because a lot of times you can't get information you, you really deserve to have, but you don't have the HIPAA, so you're not going to get it. Right. Yeah. Okay, yep. very good. So it's on the phone and you learn how to use it and you're checking in at the end of the day and you have a chance to talk about what's on your mind, get it off your mind before you go to bed mm-hmm. and have your cup of chamomile tea and head off and get a good night's sleep to meet the challenge the next day. Knowing that you have people on your side who are versed your team is handpicked to meet the needs that you have mm-hmm. right you don't have you know orthopedists involved with dementia care right? right so you have the right kind of people the right team built around you that's wonderful i remember that i once had a knee surgery and my teammate had knee surgery at the same time and so that just changed our schedules Mm-hmm. All right. So we didn't go to practice. We had to report to the trainer and it's a whole new thing. Oh, I got to be here at two o'clock and whatever. So I remember one day showing up for treatment right after the operation and we're waiting for my teammate to show up. Finally, we gave up and decided to call him, called him up. So I'm not feeling too good. I'm feeling really bad or whatever. What's going on? Are you taking your 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 pain medication? Yeah, yeah, I am. So what are you doing? So I'm taking four every hour. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that was a codeine-based product. So no wonder he wasn't feeling was so good. Say, yeah. But, you know, so you got, you're dealing with lots of different families, you know, different personalities, different backgrounds. And, you know, I bet that that could lead to a lot of uh, crazy rough times is not rough but funny times like that where you're getting up to speed with people what's what's that like and you you usually have sort of a feeling out process that's involved with every new client that comes on board definitely and i i think that's where our care managers come in our case management team most of them are social workers by background so so they're trained in this absolutely yeah with people yeah (laughs) And, and I've worked with social workers in the past, and it's amazing just how nice those people are in giving. And I'm sure you can find some bad ones out there, and but by nature, they're, they get into it because they're people people. Yeah, they're right? helpers, and they're, they're very passionate, definitely. So in, in this work that you're doing, I can see that you have a real love for it, a real eye for the humorous that pops up. But what about what you do has been poignant and touching? Do you have any stories that come to mind or families that you've helped in that way? So... The stipend, you know, I think people are attracted to us because of the stipend and then they realize all the support they're getting. But the small stories like a family that didn't have a kitchen table, they were standing and eating all of their meals and the stipend allowed them to get, you know, some furniture. Just something that simple is just really gets me in the heart. Mm -hmm. And siblings that step up for special needs, siblings after the parent dies, you know, they, I don't want my brother to go to a group home. Yeah. So I'm going to bring him into my home and take care of him for the oh. rest of his life. Oh, yeah. So oh. Not just for the elderly. No, no. It's 18 and over. So we have developmentally de- delayed and disabled folks, people that have been in car accidents, people that were drive-by shooting victims. But yeah, I mean, the majority are the elderly, but it's for anyone. Mm-hmm. And parents of special needs children? should probably take a look into this program. Maybe they don't need it now, but anticipating a time when they're not around and just preparing for them. I know I've met many of parents like that. Uh, They're trying to do the best they can right now with what they know. That would be a neat thing too. Generally speaking, what makes for a family or a situation that you deal with to be difficult? 
Non-compliance comes to mind, like non-compliance with your medical plan mm-hmm. is makes things difficult, or um, non-compliance with checking in with us on the Vela app. You know okay. that does happen. People get busy, or you know life happens. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm Chris Godfrey, and you're listening to the Sandwich Generation, a production of Spoke Street Media. And with me is Jessica Bamber, and we're discussing a new program for supporting at-home caregivers called Structured Family Care. And perhaps the most striking aspect of this program is that caregivers are actually paid for their efforts on their loved one's behalf, thereby making it possible for them to do this kind of work, you know, without having to, you know, work another job in order to make ends meet. How does that part of it work? This is a fun explanation. So the aged and disabled waiver has three levels. That is all dependent on how much care the consumer needs. So that's where our real services or your local area agency on aging comes into play. So they will do an assessment for that waiver. Come out and visit you. Well, during COVID, no one is coming out, but Uh, yes, (laughs) there is an assessment. And then we pay a daily rate, a stipend Mm -hmm. rate. So depending on what level of the waiver that consumer falls and how many days are in the month, that determines the rate of pay. The range is roughly $800 to $1,200 a month. Wow. That'll pay the light bill. Yeah. Yeah. So I always, I always joke that it's not get rich quick, but it is, it does help families. Definitely. And it's linked to the amount of work that you're doing too, right? Yes. And so that would probably have a direct link to the ADLs that we talked about, the sorts of activities that we're dealing with. And the stipend is tax-free. So oh. it, we don't take taxes out, and they don't pay taxes on it. So it is a straight payment. So it's a little bit more than you would think it would be. Mm-hmm. Great. What are the physical qualifications? You know, you have to be sick enough. Mm-hmm. All right, we talk about those ADLs, and it has to match with whatever the state aging and disability waivers. It, you know, the shorthand around here is just called waiver program. A&D waiver, yeah, yes. So you get to stay at home, but you're on Medicaid. <laughs> and, uh, and I think a lot of people would like to start there because they're at home and they're not quite sure what that other place would be like. When in many cases, it could be even better, but they don't know that mm-hmm. yet. So to physically qualify for this program, how many ADLs do they need help with presently? So to qualify for the aged and disabled waiver, it's only three activities of daily living that they need assistance with. I gotcha. Now, typically, our consumers are as high or more than 11. Okay. So we're we're dealing with a highly skilled population. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's some, some more refined skills other than the transferring and the toileting and the eating that's a part of all of that, too. And that's why you have professionals come in to do that. Yeah. And I love the stories of so there was a gentleman who said, I don't need your help, daughter. I don't, I'm, I'm fine. You, you don't help me get dressed. And she said, but I lay your clothes out in order every day because he's <laughs> blind. Right. Okay. So that's an that's assistance with an activity sure, of daily living. Sure. So, you know, it's not that we get creative, but there are needs out there that people just are blind to. Yeah. And eating, for instance, I would imagine, you know, preparing and chopping stuff up mm-hmm. would count. Right. Yeah. For mom who is has Alzheimer's or dementia and shouldn't be at the stove anymore. You know, you definitely have to prepare her meal. She can feed herself. She can eat, you know, fine. But you have to prepare them for her because she should not be at the stove. Yeah, so I would imagine that a lot of people wouldn't think mom or dad needed that much help because they don't think that chopping up food and serving it is that big a deal or some of the other little things that they've just gotten used to and but are doing more and more of over time like that frog in the pot. Things are getting to the point, why am I so tired at night? Well, that's why. And so uh, having somebody come in with fresh eyes looking at all of that right from where it is presently taking a snapshot 
And I've known plenty of people that have been surprised at their evaluations. You know, they thought mom was, oh, she's slowing down a little bit. But when they come and get the evaluations, oh, she's, she's been over the, you know, over into the red zone for quite some time. Right. And so, but right. you don't realize that. So all of this falls within the Medicaid at home waiver program. So I imagine that there must also be a financial qualification as well. And let me just interject in that there are ways to proactively plan to qualify for such programs. Uh, that's what I do as an estate planning attorney and other attorneys do too. In fact, that's what the workshop, How to Protect Your Stuff in Three Easy Steps that you'll hear at the end of this show is all about. And the whole idea is to look at this in a proactive sort of way, because whenever you're proactive, you have more options you know, down the line and they don't cost as much and nothing is in a crisis hurry up, we needed to do something yesterday sort of mode. But there is a financial component to everything within the Structured Family Care Program. What is that? So Medicaid for the aged and disabled waiver looks a little different than Medicaid in a nursing facility. And most people remember the days where you had to liquidate everything to get Medicaid, mm -hmm. and you had to be pretty destitute. So we tell people to get the aged and disabled waiver first, and that triggers Medicaid that, oh, I'm waiving my choice to go into a nursing home, but I need services out in the community. So those home and community-based services were under that line item. Okay. So when Medicaid sees that agent disabled waiver is in place, the income limit changes to $23.49 a month. So they the consumer can receive that much in Social Security pension. They can keep their home because they have to have a place to live and they can keep a car. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to liquidate those larger assets like they would if they needed to go into a nursing home and receive Medicaid. Stock CDs, bonds, those are, you know, still have to be liquidated. Funeral trusts need to be put into place. Um, but the income guidelines are a little different, which makes it easier to get Medicaid for our recipients. Mm -hmm. And generally, who, who makes that Medicaid application? So the family member typically does. We try and hold their hand and walk them through and answer any questions, but typically they need to reply. Okay. And what is this uh, expedited Medicaid I've heard you mention? So the expedited Medicaid and waiver is a pilot program right now with FSSA. So the Families and Social Services Administration and close the division. Enough. Is that close enough? I don't want them to be mad at me. <laughs> no, I think it's better to identify it as FSSA because that's all anybody ever sees on anything. True. That's true. Caregiver Homes is the only structured family caregiving involved in the pilot as well. So we can apply for Medicaid and waiver for the recipient if they meet certain criteria, which is 65 and over, would qualify for Medicaid after a conversation with us and have a live-in caregiver and want to be on our program. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we can apply. I'm one of the folks that applies for them for the expedited Medicaid. We know immediately after we, we fill out the screen if they've been accepted and approved. And then they go through the waiver process with another one of our employees who gets their leveling for the waiver. Mm -hmm. So start to finish, the goal is 10 days. Wow. As opposed to what's normal Medicaid? If they don't have Medicaid or waiver, it's around six months. Wow. And, and Medicaid and waiver is pretty much the same waiting period. So waiver happens a little bit faster okay. with the AAAs. But, you say um, a little bit faster. What are you talking three about? Three months. Okay. Two and a half, three months. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the, the red tape is a big part of it. And yeah. so not only do you provide great care, and pay people to do something that they might really want to do if mm -hmm. they could afford it. And you eliminate all the red tape. 
what's not to love about this program? <laughs> <laughs> I um, often tell everyone, well, often tell everyone, I took this job to prove that this this service was true and good and real because it sounds too good to be true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, making people happy. What a nice government initiative where it kind of meets people's needs. Yeah. It doesn't make life more complicated. So that's really neat. So there's, there's another initiative that I just want to touch briefly with you on because it seems to have some of the coaching features or availability that this program has, but without that paid component that's a part of it. I think it's called the Caregiver Collaborative. Can you tell us just a little bit about this one? So Senior Link, our parent company, wants to support a million caregivers across the nation oh. eventually. That's our goal, mm-hmm. our overreaching goal. And we've been asked to be part of this collaborative because Indiana wants to be innovative in how they support caregivers. We realize they're the gateway to keeping people out of the hospital and keeping them into their physician offices and treating their their disease processes. So this collaborative just it's it's data collection right now. I think we're supplying data to this organization to make caregiver supports accessible to everyone across the nation. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Well, I think of home caregiving as a sacred place. You know, yes, it's very difficult and very human, but it's also the place where God's friends are found. And our efforts might not seem like much in the bigger context of world events, but as Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? Well, it's like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And it all begins with doing little things out of love in the service of our loved ones. Like a professional athlete playing for the love of the game, it leads to a much better outcome. But along with heart, we need to play smart and uh, have a little breathing room financially as well. And that means we can't do both. Can't keep our day job and help the world either. We have to be realistic. And I think this is something that the Structured Family Care Program and the Caregiver Collaborative Program that we've been talking about, Jessica, I think that's the message that you're sharing with us. People are providing the heart, but you're providing some some of the brains, if you will, and some of the wherewithal to make all of this happen. So thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. You may reach Jessica Bamber by phone at 574-210-9542, 574-210-9542, or you can go to www.seniorlink.com and click the Request Services button and fill out a form and someone will be in touch with you soon. I'm Chris Godfrey, and you've been listening to The Sandwich Generation, where we are better because of each other. And I look forward to being with you the next time. If you have a question about today's topic, feel free to email us at sandwichgeneration at redeemerradio.com. Comments by the host or any of his guests should not be construed as legal advice. If you would like to learn how to protect your stuff in three easy steps, call Godfrey Law Offices at 574-237-9000 or email them at info at godfreylawoffices.com. And for a free will offering, you can receive a copy of the Friends of God Rosary Booklet. Go to RedeemerRadio.com forward slash sandwich and fill out the form for more information. You can download this or any other episode of our show by searching The Sandwich Generation wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to like and subscribe. You've been listening to The Sandwich Generation with Chris Godfrey. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.